Actually, welcome into A to Z Sports powered by uh, BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. We are Nashville's on-demand sports network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show, uh, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness, one 15-minute workout, equals five-plus hours in the weight room at mandu.com. Your first workout's free. Wilson County Hyundai, for your next ride, head out to Lebanon. They are at Wilson County Hyundai.com. Calvin and Settle for your brand new hardwood floors and finishings. Head to CalvinandSettle.com and the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, Zach, live from SEC Media Days, uh, Jeff Rubel brings up my green screen background. No, this is actually just the, the view that I got looking over hilly Hoover, Alabama, which is also rainy. Uh, Hoover, Alabama. It's been raining the entire day. So uh, luckily I'm on the eighth floor. So I did get a little decent view for the backdrop of the show the next couple of days. Uh, but Zach, it is a, uh, it's a big day for Josh Heupel because it's the first time he's doing this. He's been the head coach at UCF. And I don't know how much coverage the, uh, the, the media days get for the AAC uh, with that conference uh, there with UCF, but He's going to feel something different than he's ever ever felt before at SEC Media Days with all the attention on him talking about his first football team with the Vols, with really tough circumstances, uh, with a looming NCAA investigation that we'll talk about later on in the show, uh, a quarterback competition, we'll hit on that, uh, a depleted roster because of the transfer portal. There's a lot of negatives for Josh Heupel, but today – it is a big day for him to get out there and really talk about what he's been able to do over the first four or five months of being the Vols head coach here today in Hoover. Well, if you're a Tennessee fan, it's it's glass half full, not glass half empty, in my opinion. I know they have the looming sanctions coming down, and we'll talk about that more throughout the course of the show. But I look at it as at least Jeremy Pruitt's not back up on that stand, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that, but I'm serious because – any longer that would have lasted, he proved that he was not a good head coach. He proved he could not manage. He proved that he was willing to go out and cheat and then get caught cheating, uh, paying players, as reported uh, through that whole uh, incident, and then got fired. And then also, Phil Fulmer is not the athletic director. I think yeah. that is a major saving grace. You know, Phil Fulmer was, was immortalized for coming to help the Vols after you know Butch Jones and all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, he didn't help them. He he made them worse and put them in a worse spot. And so this is kind of a, a complete restart. How will Josh Heupel handle the media today? How will I'm very curious about how he 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 holds himself. I remember the first media days. Jeremy Pruitt was up there, and you know there's there's a lot of ites in there. Now, he, oh, yeah. he got better, but I think Josh Heupel has a good presence. I think he knows what he wants to do, which is key. He knows that he's got to focus on this offense and then start to concentrate on the defense and good get good coaching around him so he doesn't have to do everything. But he's willing to take control of this offense. He's got to find a quarterback. There are a lot of different scenarios, but I'm curious to see how Heupel carries himself in a – prestigious program like Tennessee on a stage that he's never been a part of. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rob says he'll be more positive than Pruitt. Uh, Corey says at least Jared Garantano isn't there to sling pick sixes against Kentucky. Uh, and Michael says he's just here for trivia. And we will get to sports trivia later in the show. And Zach Goodman says, bring back Butch Jones. Butch Jones is not going back and not coming back. But we do remember, Zach, uh, in, in Media Days 2017, it was right after the Vols failed at the end of the season after starting 5-0, and and Butch Jones refused to say that his team did not meet expectations the year before. That was the same year uh, that I believe it was Booger McFarland said that the Vols would a bit would be abysmal the, in 2017, and that's exactly what happened. So SEC Media Days can set the tone for what the team will, will look like and really the vibe around the team because that 2017 team, bad, toxic vibe with Butch Jones in his last year. I'm curious to see how Hypel sets the vibe when he's speaking on stage. And I'll get to my three things that Vols fans should expect to hear from Josh Hypel later on in the show. But, Zach, let's – Let's kick this thing off by talking about the best-case scenario for the Vols. We don't know if they're going to be eligible for a bowl game uh, this season or not. The NCAA is going to drag its feet. Uh, Greg Sankey talked about yesterday how the NCAA has to figure out how to have an actual timetable for these type of things. Uh, LSU basketball has been kind of doing the same thing for several years now. Tennessee's not going to know right now, today, what the, what it is about the NCAA investigation. But you got to think Josh Heupel at least wants to get to become bowl eligible in his first year at Tennessee, regardless uh, if they can actually go to a bowl game or not. Yeah, and so that's the question. What is the best-case scenario for the Vols this upcoming season? Uh, I think with their schedule and the SEC East, there is a best-case scenario. You talk about the sanctions. Austin, I would bet – I'd bet $1,000. $1,000, I would bet that they self-impose a bull ban this season. So yeah, it's yeah. not even a race to six wins. It's just how good can you be to set yourself up to recruit in the future and mm -hmm. then pray to the good Lord above that the NCAA doesn't come in with a second season, a year two bull ban that sets you behind. I don't know what the NCAA views on what Jeremy Pruitt and right. Philip Fulmer did. So I, I don't know that, but I would expect, again, I would put 1K on the Vols self-imposing a bowl ban at some point this season. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So I've got my best case. I, I've, As I usually do around this time every year, I take the, uh, I take the schedule and I cut it up into three categories. It's the wins, the toss-ups, and the losses, right? And I have a best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario for how these games will go. Uh, and we want your best-case scenario for the Vols. We'll get to the worst-case scenario here later. I see Donald and Chris and Brent and others, uh, Billy, have brought up their best-case scenario. So we'll get your answers here in a second. But before uh, we get that, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Head to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's uh, you creating extra cash flows for you and your family, or maybe you need that next property to rent out for your son or daughter, or maybe your family uh, it needs to rent during these crazy times. Renters Warehouse can be a fantastic asset for whatever you need them to be. Simply start your process at RentersWarehouse.com. It is eSports. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app today. 
It is finals day. It's Tuesday. The Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo can start his finals legacy tonight with a big win, but BetMGM's hooking you up with a special promo code, ATOZ100 for new users. A $1 money line wager wins you 100 bucks if either team hits a three-pointer. Chris Middleton's probably going to hit three tonight. I would bet my bottom dollar on that if you're a new user. I would bet my bottom dollar uh, $1 on a money line wager to win me $100 with promo code ATOZ100. Download the BetMGM app today. All right, so let's get through some of your answers for the best-case scenario for the Vols. Uh, Rob says five wins, six at most. Zach Goodman says six and six for a sixth-place finish in the SEC East and go to the Birmingham Bowl. So Zach Goodman saying bowl eligible uh, and actually going to a bowl. Like Zach, you mentioned you'd bet a thousand bucks that the Vols would self-impose a bowl ban. Uh, I don't think you can take that bet at BetMGM, but I would feel very confident with what you're saying there. Donald says best case scenario for the Vols is five and seven. Too much uncertainty at quarterback and attrition across the board. Chris Stress says if there's one positive it's that they have an easy schedule. Rob brings up Joe Milton, the Michigan transfer, getting a lot of quarterback love. Brent says six and six and a self-impulse bull ban is the best case scenario. Billy Jones says fourth in the SEC East is best case scenario. Uh, Danny says, feel like the record and the season was sanctioned enough. <laughs> Vols cheated and still were horrible. Dom says he doesn't expect anything. High expectations yields disappointments. Uh, so more comments. Rob says Pitt, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky are all toss-ups. Uh, he says losses are Bama, Georgia, Florida, and Ole Miss. Jeff Rubel says best-case scenario is six wins and not finishing dead last in the East. Josh Brown says, I'm actually going with the Vols to win seven or eight pots uh, this season, which that's very high expectation. Well, we're asking a best-case scenario. Yeah, so. and best-case scenario is not necessarily asking you your prediction. So – Zach, I'm going to go ahead and get to my to my best case scenario because I, I've done this. I've put it all the games. There's 12 games this year. They've got the non-conference in, unlike last year with the COVID year. So they got 12 games again. The best case scenario, Zach, is for the Vols to go seven and five and three and five in the SEC. So the non-conference schedule is exactly how it should look over the next three years as Josh Heupel is trying to battle through these sanctions, whatever they might be battle through the roster attrition to rebuild what he wants his program to look like. They scheduled Bowling Green, Pitt, who is average last year, Tennessee Tech, and South Alabama in the non-conference. That should look the same way every year. Now, they have to have one Power 5 non-conference team, and so that should be the pits of the world when it comes to the Power 5 schools they should be scheduling, whether it's Kansas or Kansas State or somebody from the Pac-12. The problem with Pitt is they have years where they surprise you, and they actually have good teams. Now, they do. But it doesn't happen often, from, but they from do have at, those. Yeah, from looking at Pitt, uh, they were pretty average last year, and they, I believe they graduated some of their key contributors as well. So I, I think the wins are the four uh, non-conference teams and Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt is going through this a similar type ringer as Tennessee, just minus NCAA investigation. Vanderbilt's roster, it looks awful right now. Like Vanderbilt, they, I like Ken Seals at quarterback, but what they have around Ken Seals is very bare. And Clark Lee has a big job. So I think in the best case scenario situation, I have those five games, the four non-conferences plus Vanderbilt as wins. The three toss-ups I have, I'll get to in a moment. 
the losses are Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and Kentucky. Like, I, I think Kentucky is going to beat Tennessee this year. It's in Kentucky. Mark Stoops has that program sustainable where they can uh, win these type of games and try to see how they can compete with Florida and Georgia in the East. I don't think they can, but Kentucky's a good, solid football team. So that leaves us with these uh, three toss-ups. South Carolina, Missouri, Ole Miss. The best-case scenario, Zach. Do you think is, Ole Miss is uh, worse than Kentucky? I think – well, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, don't jump. Yeah, Just because it's your Ole Miss Rebels, I, you get a little triggered there. Well, no, no, those we, are the facts. If you want to argue that Kentucky is better than Ole Miss, I am open ears because I'd love to hear the, that argument. The, on, the only <laughs> – because you're – hold on. The only reason why I have Ole Miss in a toss-up game is because it is in Knoxville. Kentucky is at Kentucky. That was my deciding fact. Again, this is best-case scenario. I'm talking best teams. Case, I don't care on, where. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Best-case scenario, the Vols win two of those three games. I think the hardest game for them to win – is that Ole Miss game. So, be, again, best-case scenario, the Vols beat Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama. And then in the SEC, they beat Vanderbilt, South Carolina, who has a first-year head coach, and Missouri, who has a second-year head coach, but a but a better team than a year ago. So that's absolute best-case scenario. That's as optimistic as Austin Stanley can possibly be about this upcoming football season for the Vols. I expect them to lose to Ole Miss, to Kentucky, and the big schools, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, right? That is my best-case scenario that leads the Vols 7-5. and five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put – again, Kentucky and Ole Miss I put as losses. Uh, I do think that you have the – the Missouri and South Carolina as a toss-up. Maybe that is the, the case. Here's my best-case scenario. And it, honestly, it doesn't even have to, to do with um, records. Harrison Bailey rises to the top and play, can play quarterback. I think that's the best-case scenario for me and for Tennessee Volunteer fans, is that they finally find a quarterback that can play the position in Josh Heupel's office. And if it's not Harrison Bailey, maybe it's somebody else. I don't think they want Milton, uh, Hooker. It, that The reason why it's a best-case scenario is because Harrison Bailey has green grass in front of him, right? And that is opportunity. So that is my best-case scenario for the Tennessee Volunteers in this year is that Harrison Bailey comes to play and can upset South Carolina and can play well against Missouri to get a win. I don't necessarily win. think South Carolina would be an upset. I think that game is like a pick em. It's in Knoxville. So the Vols actually – the Vols might be favored in two SEC games, those being Vanderbilt uh, and in Knoxville against South Carolina. I think it's so hard to favor Tennessee in any game because we don't know what their defense is going well, to be. Yes, but again, they <laughs> like Vanderbilt and South Carolina that are both at home. I think those are the two SEC games that they will be favored in because uh, South Carolina's. South we'll Carolina's see what their defense does. Too. If their defense Obviously, gives yes. up fifty three against Pitt, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> my my I mean, yes. Once we get more information, opinions and lines can change. That, that's absolutely that, uh, yeah. nobody's heading arguing. Into, but but Austin, heading into it, I don't have a lot of high expectations for the defense. I will say this: 
The best case scenario is that Harrison Bailey becomes the Tennessee quarterback and plays really, really well within an offense that is not run by Jeremy Pruitt and his minions. So I, I, I think that for me, that sets up the future of the next couple of years, regardless of the record. It doesn't matter if you win six games this year. You ain't going to a bowl more than likely. It doesn't matter if you win seven. I think Tennessee fans in general will be excited because they have a new head coach and they should be, but they have got to find their quarterback and they don't and they can't and they haven't, but maybe this quarterback offensive guru that has now become their head coach in Josh Heupel and given this opportunity, which he had success at UCF. I mean, they, he had that offense running very, very well. Can he replicate that against a lot tougher SEC defenses? Yeah. But can he find his quarterback? That's my best case scenario. So, uh, you know, I, I think Kelkins brings up a really good uh, question here because you say my best case scenario. I w- I'm glad you went the quarterback route because I was thinking when we were when I was brainstorming what I wanted my answer to be, it was either the record d- direction or the quarterback direction. I'm glad we both uh, took each road. Records don't matter this year. That's why well, I wasn't I, even going to predict know, it. I do think it does because recruiting matters and recruiting matters when you know it's going to be a tough way. And so if you can win a couple SEC games, uh, I, I do think it absolutely matters to have a 500 or, you know, if you're six and six this year, if you're Josh Heupel, consider that an absolute win. Because Austin, they went eight and five. That didn't matter with Jeremy Pruitt two years ago. It doesn't well, matter. That's because Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, but that's was, why I'm saying okay. I, you, you, right. you brought something up and I counterpointed it. So, Kelkin says, why is Bailey considered the best case scenario? Joe Milton from Michigan was brought in to be the quarterback that Hypo likes. Because that that is true. Joe Milton transferred from Michigan to Tennessee after Josh Hypo was named the head coach. And so that just connecting those dots, Josh Hypo has to like the skill set that he sees from Joe Milton to at least accept the transfer, right? He was he inherited Harrison Bailey again. That, these are just also facts. Who's he the Stanford Harris- guy? Huh? Who's the Stanford guy? Keller Keller Christ. Yeah, I mean they brought him in yeah, but, and he didn't but who was, really play. But who was the head coach, Zach? Who was the head coach? That was was it? I think that was Jeremy Pruitt's first year. Yeah. And so, what is Jeremy Pruitt? A defensive coach who probably just wanted a quarterback who was not going to turn the ball over, and so. It, and so, so Hypo wants a quarterback that does? No, dude. <laughs> but stop. Milton that, does. No, no. Let's Milton t- does turn the football no, over. Def- defensive coaches want a quarterback who's not going to screw it up. Now, ironically, Jeremy Pruitt had Jared Garantano, but he brought in Keller Chris to maybe be that guy who has experience who can just be solid enough. It didn't happen with Keller Chris. But when you're when you're Josh Heupel and you're known for developing quarterbacks – and he brings in a transfer from a, a, a school like Michigan who was a four-star recruit, you have to at least think that this is the guy that I want. I want my quarterbacks to look like a Joe Milton, right? You have to at least take that into and acknowledge that that's a, a significant thing there is that Joe Milton was brought in for a reason, to compete and because he probably fits what Josh Heupel wants his QBs to look like. We'll talk about this more tomorrow because Hypo will get asked about the quarterback situation today. Do you think there's too many cooks in the kitchen? Possibly. I mean, there are four guys. It's it's obviously and one guy would just left because he couldn't stay on the team. He got kicked yeah, out. Well, he barely he just blinked in Knoxville. He may have gone. been the best one too. That's the scary part. 
Well, we have no idea because of the idiotic decisions he made off the field. Now, Caden Salters with Hugh Freeze at Liberty, which is probably going to crush and work very work out very well for all parties. So the four quarterbacks, and we'll talk more about these guys a little later in the show. And then uh, definitely tomorrow once we hear Josh Heupel and Velas Jones Jr. potentially talk about the quarterbacks. But it is Harrison Bailey and Brian Maurer who were here last year. And then the two transfers in, Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech and then Joe Milton from Michigan. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. There, yeah, possibly could be too many cooks. You know, you, you never know. The old saying, if you don't have – if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. What uh, if you have they, four? If you have four, then you definitely don't have one. <laughs> then you have a lot of confusion. Too many cooks, too many cooks, Michael Bishop. Too right, many so, cooks, too <laughs> many cooks. I was waiting for somebody to say that, and Michael Bishop uh, d- did it with the microphone and the little music sheet emoji uh, there. So j- good job, Michael Bishop, on that. So – Zach, we just went through the best case scenario, which my best case scenario is seven and five with eight, with three SEC wins. Uh, those SEC wins are over Vandy, South Carolina, and Missouri. I think Missouri is the most difficult win of those seven. Uh, but now let's get to the worst case scenario because Zach mentioned his best case scenario is Harrison Bailey taking the reins and winning the starting quarterback job. So what is the worst-case scenario for the Vols this season? But first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors. It's that simple. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area, they will hook you up. 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. Once you pick out your perfect hardwood floor – They've got you covered. One to two weeks, they order the material and install. And that's honestly a big deal because you gotta you gotta have them quick. You gotta upgrade and renovate your home really in, in good fashion. Calvin and Sutter will help you do that. 615-448-6414. They have all different kinds of hardwood floors to pick from, cost effective, a little bit luxury and higher priced. So they they can show you all of the samples that you need of your heart's desire to make sure that you pick out your right one and renovate your home the right way. 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. BetMGM, download the app. Use this code today, ATOZ100. ATOZ100 for new users today. All you got to do is put a $1 Moneyline wager on game six tonight and you win 100 bucks. If either team hits a three-pointer, there's one three-pointers made in the entire game and you win a hundred bucks just by placing a $1 money line wager. Guys, this could be the last opportunity for you to take advantage of this deal. It's a great way to jumpstart your bankroll with the BetMGM app. So do it right now. That's code ATOZ100. All you got to do, put in your first deposit and place a $1 money line bet. That's it. $1 money line wager. And you're in for that to win $100 when a three-pointer is made. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling prompt support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Here live on this Tuesday, I just realized I'm in Alabama. <laughs> the game's tonight. I don't know what I'm going to do. but well <laughs> So, damn it. Uh, but, uh uh, a to Z Sports Picks is coming up later this afternoon as well with Alan Bell and Brian Edwards. So we'll give you great uh, suggestions and picks for tonight's game. Uh, so, man, my afternoon just got a real big bummer because I was going to go somewhere and watch the game tonight uh, in Hoover, and now I can't bet on it. But anyway, 
right, you can watch case, it though. I will watch it, but now I can't bet on it. <laughs> they do have television down there in Hoover. Oh yeah, I've got a nice one in my look. The, the hotel's nice. I got a preview out here. It's raining in Hoover, but it looks great. Uh, so anyway, so but pretty but, is in the eye. Of the it, look, I mean, when the sun was out yesterday, you can see the hills rolling in the distance. I was like, that's going to be a sweet backdrop in the morning. Maybe uh, tomorrow morning's a better better weather. So we'll see what happens. All right, Zach. Worst case scenario, what is it? Uh, Bobby says lose to Vandy. Jeff says three nine with a loss to Vandy does not look competitive. Uh, Louis just says, Oh, and 12, uh, Ben says, worst case scenario is don't find a quarterback that can run the offense that has more than one year, uh, more than a year on sanctions. I think is what he's saying. Uh, three, nine with no quarterback. Rob says four wins more worst case scenarios. Billy says four and eight last in the division. Dom says, Oh, and eight, the sec. Ed says five and seven. Tony says six and six should be the record at minimum. Yeah, uh, Kelkins, I'll have my wife download the BetMGM app and use my code. That, that should be legal. Uh, but anyway, uh, worst case scenario, Zach, what is yours? Because, you know, you're, I'm a Tennessee graduate. I can't help it, right? My best case scenario is probably going to be better than your best case scenario for the Vols. And your worst case scenario is probably going to be a little worse than my worst case scenario. So what's your worst case scenario for the Vols this year? Well, I think it, 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 it's with the start and the end. And you kind of said it in your best case scenario. And I, again, I don't think this will happen. I think Tennessee will be better. I'm, I'm actually semi bullish on on Josh Heupel. I, I think that his offensive prowess can yeah. get you a little bit further quicker uh, than most coaches, uh, and especially with the philosophy of Jeremy Pruitt. And can it be sustainable? But I think. I think your worst case scenario uh, has to do with the start and you saying Missouri and South Carolina. I think that Tennessee will beat Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm curious. Yeah. ESPN, 11 o'clock, uh, and it's a big five game. But let's say you start out, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, two and six. And then we just wins over Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech. Yeah, you start out two and six, and you've kind of lost the fan base. And then the real worst scenario, and because I wanted to preface a bad start, but it's losing to Vanderbilt because it gives Clark Lee and his staff momentum that you need to take away. Vanderbilt has had Tennessee's number for a number of years, mm-hmm. and if, if you look at it. That has been the switch. Little brother's been beating big brother, and that's not how it's supposed to go. You cannot continue to give a new coaching staff in Vanderbilt recruiting fuel and momentum heading into their second season with their new head coach. So that is my worst-case scenario. It has to do with Vanderbilt because it's it will be the last taste that Tennessee fans have in their mouth at the end of this season because they – more than likely will not go to a bowl game because of what we've talked about. So right. that's my worst case scenario has to do with Vanderbilt. Yeah, I I think um, Vandy, is it's the last game of the season, and mm-hmm. that game will tell you a lot about the culture that Josh Heupel has started to create. And it's a home game, right? So there's not going to be a ton of seniors on this roster, but that would be the last opportunity for those seniors uh, to play uh, in this game. So I actually think I'm not that worried 
about the offensive personnel. Obviously, the quarterback situation is a massive, massive decision, and we have to see how it plays out in fall camp and all that, and we'll hear about that today with Josh Heupel. But I like the, the offensive line has returning starters. The offensive line has returning continuity. Uh, I think they've also got really talented wide receivers with Vellis Jones Jr. super underutilized last year because of what the offense was. I like where Jalen Hyatt is trending. I think they've got some unknown running backs with Eric Gray going to Oklahoma, but they've got some talent at on the offensive side of the ball where I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like all put together and how they put their pieces in the best situation to succeed. So I do think the offense is going to be at least fun to watch. What it can't be is injury riddled and people give and players give up on it. And that's what you fear with a self-imposed bowl ban is you get into November and you've Ramel Keaton, Rob brings up, but you get into November and you've lost five games in a row and you're like, what are we even doing this for? We can't play in a bowl game. And then it's kind of over. So my worst case scenario, again, it's in the, the wins toss up and losses category. I think worst case scenario, the wins are Bowling Green, Tennessee tech and South Alabama. Then the toss ups I have are Pitt. South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, with the losses being Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia. In, the worst, in this worst-case scenario, they only win one of those three toss-ups and finish 4-8. and eight. And if that one win in the toss-ups is Pitt, 0-8 oh in the SEC. Or it could be one win over Vandy or South Carolina, and you're 1-7 in the SEC. But I think 4-8 I think and eight is probably worst-case because they've got three Ws on the schedule with the non-conference. And I, I, I really do see them being able to win one of those three. I think Pitt is a big game because oh, Pitt absolutely. is a known commodity. People know who they are. And that sets the tone in week two that, hey, Josh Heupel is not Jeremy Pruitt. He's not yeah. sitting there laying an egg to Georgia State and ruining the season early on in the, in the year. And we all know how that season ended, which was better than how it started. But – that, I think, does a lot for a new head coach. So I look at that pit game at 11 o'clock in week two, and I say, if they can get off to a good start and maybe win by 14 or 17 points to pit, and you're sitting there like, wow, they just scored 42 points and held pit to, I don't know, 20-something. That, my friend, that is a, a positive that you can take as a momentum booster into an SEC schedule that, let's just face it, you know, early on, Missouri and South Carolina and Ole Miss back-to-back-to-back to back to back in October is your run of, you talk about winnable toss-up games, that's mm -hmm. where you build momentum in the season. You're going to get to a buzzsaw named Alabama, but Kentucky and then you've got South Alabama and Vanderbilt to end Missouri, South Carolina, Ole Miss will define Tennessee's season this year as successful and being able to build or this team cannot cannot win I, I, I truly believe that October is the defining three weeks of oh, the year yeah, in those toss-up games well yeah it, yeah you're right it's because it's two of them are at home but that at Missouri and like I think Missouri is 
I think Missouri could spin this into being the third team in the East. I, I, Connor Basilak, the quarterback from last year, really started to come into his own true freshman after he got the job. Tennessee boat raced Missouri in week two last year um, before they kind of figured things out with Drinkwitz. But Missouri is going to be a tough game, especially at Missouri. They're going to want redemption there and see potentially a um, a wound-looking Tennessee coming off the Florida game. South Carolina is a must-win, in my opinion, if Tennessee wants to really have a successful year. Because if you're a first-year coach, you have to be able to beat other first-year coaches. Because Agreed. that's – especially in your division, so you can kind of say, we have the pecking order over this guy. Same thing goes with Vanderbilt, and obviously Vanderbilt has a lot bigger with that too – but I think you've got to win South Carolina and Vandy in the conference to get that. So my worst case scenario really is four and eight with a potential zero and eight conference schedule, which would be disaster if you do lose that Vanderbilt game. All right, Austin. Three things Vol fans should expect to hear from Josh Heupel today. You're down there yep. at SEC Media Days. I'm very curious on what these three things are. Yeah, we also have Tuesday trivia coming up here in a few minutes, so don't go anywhere for that. We're trying to improve on our 76% record. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about Bone & Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Make sure whenever that injury happens to you or someone you love and, and care about, have them go to the Bone & Joint Institute because they're going to get the best care possible through the beginning all the way through the end of that process because they do everything at that one location in Franklin. You see it right there on your screen. It's beautiful, state-of-the-art. They got the clinics, the testing, the imaging, the surgery center, and the rehab facility all right there under one roof. Boneandjointtn.org. That's boneandjointtn.org. Download this app today. That's BetMGM. They're a title sponsor of our morning show. And for new users today, because it is game six of the NBA Finals tonight in Milwaukee, BetMGM has put out a special promo code for new users for us, ATOZ100. A $1 money line wager wins you $100 if either team hits a three-pointer. And let me tell you, a team's going to hit a three-pointer. So that gives you a good base to start building on. That's BetMGM. Use that promo code ATOZ100 and download the app today. It is eSports. So uh, I'm live in Hoover, Alabama. I am at the uh, Winifrey Hotel where SEC Media Days is taking place. And uh, thanks again to our, our SEC Media Day sponsor, the Nashville Sports Council and the Music City Grand Prix. By the way, if you want to be involved in that event, you can. The Music City Grand Prix is going to be badass, and that's the first weekend in August, and they need volunteers. Simply go to NashvilleSports.com. That's NashvilleSports.com to help volunteer for a Grand Prix race in downtown Nashville. I mean, it's pretty cool. They've got a lot of volunteers. They need volunteer slots to be taken up. That's NashvilleSports.com uh, for more info on how to volunteer, and they're giving you all of your coverage here from Hoover. So three things to expect from Josh Heupel today. He's going to be asked a ton about Jeremy Pruitt and the NCAA investigation. I do not expect him to have any answers on that. I expect him to take those questions, Zach, about the NCAA investigation and spin it and talk about the positive culture and, as Zach Reagan said, brotherhood that they have built over the last several months. And we've mentioned this in previous shows this spring it looks like Josh Heupel is like allowing his players to have fun again. Like they're doing team outings, the top golf. 
Uh, they're going bowling. They're doing all these fun, weird, you know, college kids stuff. It looks like church camp almost. So they're just doing all these activities and having fun with each other because they're, I mean, that's what it looks like. And so my, my, my feel is he is going to take any question for about the NCAA investigation and say, well, we're just focused on the guys we have on the roster and we're focused on the culture that we're setting here in Knoxville. And I, I think that's going to be his, one of his main uh, talking points uh, later on this morning. Yeah, well, he'll he'll definitely be asked about it. And the problem is, is that he doesn't know anything about it. We don't know anything about it. I don't even think the NCAA knows anything about it, which is the sad part. Yeah. And so you're just at the mercy of time. And so, uh, and and this is not the uh, announcement of a self-opposed bull band. You don't do that to your head coach. No, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's spin zone to to what they're trying to do and what they're trying to build, just like any new head coach. And there's a lot of new first year head coaches in the SEC this year. Yeah. So uh, the second thing that I'm expecting today, because it will be one of the hot topics uh, this week, is NIL. I think Josh Heupel will speak glowingly about the University of Tennessee's ability to help have their players be successful with name, image, and likeness. And I think we've already seen that a lot with Grant Furking, uh, who owns his own business, and you saw him create another company to help athletes with NIL. I think Josh Heupel will talk a lot of NIL and how Tennessee is prepared to help their players work through this the right way and how in you know every coach is going to do this. But he, he's truly going to sell because he's also talking to recruits today, right? Like recruits can hear Josh Heupel on the big stage talk about uh, Tennessee's program on how they can make their players' college experience that much better with their resources for name, image, likeness. That's that's number two. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody knows what the hell's going on with name, and image, and likeness. I think that there are no rules, there are no regulations, and I think that will eventually come back and bite people in the in the ass to be honest but uh going into it of course you're like yeah we're excited for the kids to actually earn money but the ncaa they just didn't know what to do so they opened up the gates and so um yeah i mean i, I i'm sure he's gonna support it's, that well, it was the right thing to do finally for the ncaa to give this up but again uh you know it's it's the way that you do it and the way you – it needs to be regulated too. Like, oh, Sure, sure. But but I also – and I've been hearing some people talk about this, and I completely agree with the people who are bringing it up, is that, is that uh, this is a great like human experience for these college kids to go through real-life experience, and they're actually being more prepared for adulthood or post-sports or post-athletics life by going through this as a public figure, as an athlete on campus, they're understanding how to manage money. Are they? Pro- we don't know that. Well, That's an assumption. No. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of kids that don't know how to manage money. <laughs> okay. So they're going to actually learn. They're going to learn lessons from failing. Ta- taxes. Like they're going to have to. I didn't have to deal with taxes until I was like 24, 23 years old. And so they're going to have to deal with taxes at the age of 18, 19, 20. And, and, and whether they fail at it or they succeed with it, it's at least a learning opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten. Because you know this. Well, tax athletes, evasion is – that's a tough learning well, lesson. Dude, I'm, I'm talking about like of understanding the consequences of not knowing how to handle money. Because before NIL, they weren't having any of this experience of how to handle money or how to actually go through things the right way. I am pro uh, 
athletes and sports figures making money off of their name, image, and likeness. I thought that how they organized this, the release of going to the wild, wild west, was very poorly done. Not unexpected. That's usually how the NCAA does things. Well, the NCAA was forced by the courts to do this. Now, I, and right? and and that that's why I think that you're going to have a lot of uh, harsh life lessons that are learned, right? But I don't assume that now that they're going to you you give me five thousand dollars in college, I'm going to spend that uh, money on things that are not good. Yes. <laughs> And real quick too, because I have buddies who got stipends from the university and it was like the, the first Friday of the semester and their check came in. They're like, let's go to the bars. <laughs> and so, but these players are going to have to figure that out and they're going to have to work through their own personal skills of being an adult. And I don't and think they have personal skills, not all of them, exactly, but I don't now think a lot of them exactly, do. The point is now they actually have the opportunity to at least potentially learn them or learn a hard, tough lesson by not doing it the right way. Again, it's for me, it's better that they have the chance now to go through it. than let's face it. Athletes are coddled in a lot of different ways. Their schedules are set up by other people by the hour. They are told what to eat. They are told what to do. They are told that they have to wear team gear. They are told when they have to go to sleep. Lights out by 10, right? They're told all these things. And now, and when they get out of that structure, what they have nothing else to do. We've we've heard NFL, former pro athletes, have no idea what to do once they retire because everything's been structured for them by other people. Now, they actually have the ability to learn some of these things while they're in college at an age where, it, look, if there is some missed tax form it's not the end of the world they're not going to go to jail it's a couple thousand bucks they'll have to pay it from the irs but they'll learn from that now rather than when they're 28 and potentially have two kids and they may not have that money at that point that that's all, all, all the only reason why i'm talking about this is because you started the fact of a in a positive light that they're going to learn how to manage money and all that stuff and i just don't personally they think have the that opportunity that's, to they have the opportunity to deal with it where before they just didn't and that's not how you were speaking to start off that's the only reason why i brought it up that because oh, i was I, talking about what josh heupel has the ability to do what josh and i would tell josh heupel to not speak like that because you're gonna have some kids get in trouble because they don't know how to manage money that's right. all i'm saying okay all right so the third thing for josh heupel today is we've, we've talked about it earlier with harrison bailey because zach thinks that Harrison Bailey winning the starting quarterback job and taking and running with it is best case scenario for the Vols this season. Uh, I don't expect Josh Heupel to give one inkling of who's doing better than others. It's all four guys have an opportunity to compete. It's going to be wide open, which is just going to cause more frustration for the fan base because they don't know what to expect. So for me, expecting that from Josh Heupel I'm curious to see what Vellis Jones Jr. says about the quarterback position, and then we'll figure out how well coached he has been for fielding these questions from media members today. And the one thing that I'm kind of bummed about for the for SEC Media Days and how they've had to restructure this for COVID-19 is that normally teams bring three players, and in the big media room, each player has a table, and you can go up to them scrum style and have a more intimate 
one-on-one or scrum conversation with these players during their allotted time slot. Now it's going to be, they're going to be up at the podium and it's raise your hand, bring a mic, ask a question, and it's going to be not as fluid as normal where the players I doubt are going to be as comfortable as they would if they were just on a table off on the side because now they're on you know the big podium stage where it's going to be more more difficult, in my opinion, to get better answers out of the players. But I, I want to hear what Vellis Jones Jr. has to say about the quarterbacks that are fighting for this job more than Josh Heupel because I expect nothing from Heupel on the quarterbacks. Yeah, I hope I'm surprised by Heupel. I hope that he tells us a little bit more than what you think. I don't know if he will, but I, I hope that he is more open and honest uh, than being so guarded and reserved right out of the gate. I know that you're not trying to give any. Uh, I mean, it's gamesmanship, but I, you know, you're so early on. You haven't even yeah. gotten to fall camp. I don't think that even matters. I think he and, and I haven't stated this on this show. Josh Heupel needs to grab the attention of the Tennessee fan base and say, trust me. Okay. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't, I'm not saying he needs to throw shade on Jeremy Pruitt, but I wouldn't, I would throw a little bit of shade. I'd say, look, the previous uh, regime is gone. We have a new way of doing things and we are going to, try to be electric on offense, and we're going to try to tackle the ball carrier on defense. That's the goal. Score points and prevent the other team from scoring as many. And this year, we're going to try to, to, to build something. And I, But I would try to gain, talk directly. If I had one advice to, to Josh Heupel, talk directly at some point in time to the Tennessee Van base and give me a little juice. Right? Don't be this this uh, this just monotone guy. I don't think. Like, I'm curious to see if Josh Heupel does show some personality. Give me some of that. That's because that's what they need in this scenario. In year one, they we all knew what Lane Kiffin was, right? Like you know what that is. You knew what Steve Spurrier was. You know what Nick Nick Saban is, and his resume speaks for itself. Josh Heupel doesn't have a resume in the SEC, so he needs to kind of speak to what he's going to do and get everybody on board. And these are the type of scenarios in SEC media days that you can execute that if you do it correctly. I don't know if he will, yeah. but I hope he does. I'm curious to see if he shows some personality because I, you know, the Butch Jones was phony and was so insecure that he didn't show any. And the Jeremy Pruitt was, was dull. Be that. real. Be yeah. real. Be exciting and, and and have some juice. There, there's your motivation, Josh. That's all you need to say. And that, if you're authentic and you're real, fans, especially I think Tennessee fans, to what you just said, Austin, of what they've experienced over the last couple of decades. And Gregor's Gregor man's just be normal, be yourself, <laughs> yes. and be real. Be right? human, I, just but, be a human being. But uh, but code they don't do that and relatable be, because of what your three things are: a protection, yeah. spin zone. Oh, this is oh, we're we're doing such insecurities. A, we're doing yeah. such a great job with this nil. We you don't know what the hell you're doing with that nil. Don't lie, right? Just be real. And I think that goes a long way, yeah. and you don't yeah. see that a lot. I think Lane Kiffin is real, which oh, is I funny because he's too real. 
<laughs> I can't wait for Lane Kiffin this afternoon because he's coming through uh, later today. Zach Reagan says he'll probably filibuster and talk about staff for 10 minutes. We were both sitting uh, in the room for the biggest filibuster job the SEC Media Days has ever seen in 2017 when Hugh Freeze, you, you get 25 minutes uh, on this stage. Hugh Freeze opening statement took 19 minutes because <laughs> of like that was right before he got fired for all of the. Uh, burner phone situation. He went and, through every player uh, at all of the positions, including the special teams and how important their punter was going to be to him. He and, talked, Zach, do you remember he talked about the depth they had at long snapper? It, it, the depth at long snapper. And they got fired that, a couple of months later. No, weeks later. He got fired that later that month. It was fantastic, it, but it was also just putting us to sleep. All right, Zach. Let's get to Tuesday sports trivia. Last week, we went eight and two. We're at 76% so far in this stretch. We're halfway through it. We've got five more weeks to go before we reset again. So we're doing a good job. We need another eight and two day. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. They've got the brand new 2021 uh, Hyundai Palisade. It's got third row seating. It's got captain seats. It's got all the bells and whistles. They also have four-door sedans like the one I own, which is the Hyundai Sonata, which is unbelievable. The fuel efficiency. It, just the efficiency period is unreal. They have the Elantra and the Santa Fe. Your perfect make and model at Wilson County Hyundai. They have them in stock. Painbone and his team will hook you up. If you go to WilsonCountyHyundai.com, you take a look at the inventory, but go test drive one today at Wilson County Hyundai. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Download the app today. Use code today, ATOZ100. You place a $1 money line wager on the game tonight, and if either team hits a three-point shot, you win 100 bucks. So new users, all you got to do, download the app, use code ATOZ100, and place a $1 money line wager to win 100 bucks, regardless of that money line wager outcome, uh, right there with BetMGM. Don't forget Alan Bell, Brian Edwards have A to Z Sports Picks coming up later this afternoon at 2 o'clock Central Time. Zach, it is time for Tuesday Sports Trivia. Louie is right. No Googling. No Googling. At all, no ask Jeeves, no any of the other. Uh, I don't know what else there is out there these days, but no Googling, no Safari search, nothing like that. We got 10 questions. We're trying to get eight and two this week uh, to build on this 76% hit rate. Let's do it. Jeff Rubel adds no texting parents. <laughs> so it's no only the sales people material. No sales material, no looking up on the internet, no outside sources. If you are sitting next to your parent, then you can ask them. If you're sitting next to your spouse, you can ask them. But no use of devices to find extra information. Zach, let's get it going. We'll call you out blocky. All right, first one. <laughs> who was the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans at the beginning of the 2011 season? This is a good question. 2011, was that still the Matt Schaub situation? That was my first gut when I read this question. Yeah. But I, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, I, I'll repeat the question. Who was the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans at the beginning of the 2011 season? 
but everybody is saying Matt Schaub. Uh, it's not. It's not David Carr. David Carr was already working in TV by that point because he just got smashed. Uh, he was a 2002 draft pick, I want to say, uh, was David Carr. So I, it's got to be Matt Schaub because Matt Schaub, remember, Matt, Michael Vick was in Atlanta. Michael Vick had the dogfighting situation to leave Atlanta. Matt Schaub took over that job for a few years, and then he went to the Houston Texans for several years. I think it's got to be Matt Schaub. Do you want to lock that in? I, yeah, final A to Z, Matt Schaub. The correct answer is Matt Schaub. All right, 1-0 start. Good job, team. All right, um, Major League Baseball question. Who is the Major League Baseball player nicknamed O-Dog? O-Dog. O-Dog. Omar Vizquel. Oh, Omar Vizquel. David Ortiz. David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Yeah. Orlando Hudson. Brent says Orlando Hudson. That sounds right, actually. Orlando Hudson does sound correct. I kind of want to get another guess. Hmm. The Ordonez, Orlando Cabrera. Dustin says, isn't this Orlando Hudson almost positive? So now we've got two Orlando Hudsons. And I, I do think I mean I have no idea. So I I have to I'm not I think I think Orlando Hudson is the way to go with this. Um that sounds right to me. So you want to lock um, it in? Yeah, let's go with Orlando Hudson, final A to Z. The correct answer is Orlando Hudson. Atta boy. Good job, guys. Good job, Dustin. And great job, Brent, for bringing Orlando Hudson to the table the first time. All right, so we're 2-0. and Let's keep it rolling. Trying to get to 8-2 this week. All right. Well, so we this is for the first time we have a uh, essentially a two-part question. It's uh, back-to-back questions that have to do with the same event. Okay. Who won the 2016 NBA All-Star three-point contest? Oh, geez. That's part one. <laughs> That's part one? So, so this is, so this is uh, question you'll, three. You'll understand. Okay. You'll understand. Who won the 2016 three-point contest? Uh, I, I mean, Steph, I, don't, I haven't Steph I haven't plays. Won. Or uh, my like, my guess would uh, my gut was Steph Curry or like Clay Thompson. I don't know, man. I, it's I don't watch any of that All Star stuff. I don't think I've watched an All Star Weekend uh, thing in I, almost. 10 I years. do, but I just now like I don't. I I want to say Clay Thompson to be honest. Like that's kind of like because that was like Steph Curry was so massive, and Clay won it back to back years. I think. I think Clay Thompson's the guess for me. I don't know about you. Ben Ashworth says Clay Thompson 1,000%. Do you want to lock that in? Sure. Let's just go Clay Thompson final A to Z. Let's move quick this morning. The correct answer is one half of the Splash Brothers, 
Clay Thompson. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're three now. Now what's part two of this, of this question? Part two of this question is a little bit more difficult. Oh, fun. Who was the main sponsor of the 2016 NBA All-Star three-point contest? Sprite. <laughs> that, I mean, right. I think I think it's always Sprite. Is I have it no T-Mobile? idea. T Mobile. Ah, man. I, my my first thought was Sprite or T Mobile. Chris Stress says Sprite. Uh Toyota. Um, was it no Hyundai was a big Kia is Kia. Kia. That was the Blake Griffin dunk contest, though. Which was probably 10 years ago at this point. Sprite was a dunk contest. Man. I, like, all these guesses sound right. I, I agree with you, Reagan. I, I, I don't I want to say it's T-Mobile, but I, I don't know that for 100%. The T-Mobile three-point contest because you get it from long distance. I mean, there's got to be something, right? I, that My thought is T-Mobile. All right, fine. Lock it in. Uh, let's go with uh, T-Mobile final A to Z just because Zach thinks so. It's Zach's fault if we miss it. Well, it's definitely my fault then. But well, nobody said this. Okay, that's good. Foot Locker. Oh, but God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're three and one, three and one through four questions. I'm glad we're done with the 2016 NBA All-Star Weekend. Let's keep going. We are not done because oh, we have it. another NBA, but we can get back after that loss because it, just because we brought this up, the next question is, Blake Griffin dunked over what object to win the slam dunk contest in 2011? Akia. <laughs> it was 10 years ago. <laughs> I was right. Uh, so Akia, right? We don't have to get the car right. We don't have to get. We don't have to get the model. We just got to get the make. He didn't. I know he did that, right? But there yeah. was not another time where he jumped over something else. No, that was, was it. There? It was the Kia, and, and Dustin says the Kia Optima. But it, it's a car. It's a Kia. We we know that. Do you want to lock that in? Final A to Z. The correct answer: the hood of a car. Okay. Yeah, not even the just the hood, not not the cabin, just the hood. All right, four and one. We are halfway through our trivia. We're four and one. We're on track. Let's have a big second half. But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Guys, it's real. It's legit. Uh, Zach, um, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. I, I, I got hit on by the front desk ladies uh, at the hotel yesterday. They, they liked my shoulders. They thought I looked nice and fit. And I said, thank you. We have a workout sponsor. And I, it's all thanks to Mandu. Mandu got me hit on by the front desk ladies here at the Hyatt Regency in Hoover, Alabama. So I'll take it, right? But Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. I won't go into detail about how they go. I, we can go a lot of places with this, <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> but I, it was a great compliment, and I said thank you. I will tell our fitness sponsor that you said that. Uh, so, Mandu.com, your first workout's free. If you have any fitness goals that you're trying to achieve, Mandu can help you out. They get the science, they get the education with their trainers to help you get on that path to achieve those goals. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Also, location coming to Birmingham uh, soon. Not not open yet, unfortunately, but they are coming uh, to Birmingham soon, right there. So, 
Yes, I no, I did tell my wife uh, the compliment, guys, and she agreed. So, all right, Zach, we got five questions left. Five questions left here on our Tuesday trivia. We're four and one right now. Let's keep it going. All right, uh, next question. Which player was on the tennis court when Monica Sellis was stabbed in 1993? I didn't know she was stabbed. I had no idea this even happened. Which player was on the tennis court when Monica Sellis was stabbed in 1993? Uh, I mean, we're, this is going to have to be 100% chat help. Like, it, yeah, I have no clue. Steffi Graf says Zach I mean, Reagan. That's the only like. Uh, it's got Graf. Do we just go Graf? Is that the only possible? I feel like that 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 makes the most sense. That's the only player that I would know. I I, I think we just have to go Steffi Graf. You want to lock it in? Final way to Z. Ah. Is it wrong? Magdalena Maliva. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough right there. All right, so four and two. We we need to get these last four questions correct. Who led the 2007 Kansas City Chiefs in sacks? Oh, I thought you were going to say rushing because I was going to be all over Larry Johnson. Um, Sacks. Was this Jared Allen? No. He played in... I don't know when he retired. He, he couldn't have retired. That's not right. Sacks this is this is hard. Now this is hard. Justin Houston is not that old. Justin Houston's old, not that old. Yeah, the 2007 thing is tough. Derek Johnson, uh, Tamba Holly, Tamba Ali, Holly would be a good guess, but I don't think he's that old either. Tamba Ali would be a good guess. Mike Vrabel, Orlando says Mike Vrabel. I don't think Vrabel had uh, a lot of success in his stint in Kansas City. Tomba Ali. I, I think that's the best guess we have. I don't think it's Derek Johnson. He was a middle linebacker. So but he was really he, good. Yeah, but he wouldn't have. That was his prime. Derek Johnson played the playoff game against the Titans in January 2018. But that was his like final year. Did he play for like 12 seasons? It's got to be. It's got to be Tom Bali. That I I did say Jared Allen, but I do you want to go? I, 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 Tom Bali's a better yeah, guess than yeah. Jared Allen. I, I, let's go Tom Bali. Final A to Z. We missed. What it. do you think it is? Uh, Jared Allen. Hog time, Jack. Oh. Jared Allen. Bummer. Oh, I had that one. I knew it. I knew it. Ah, that was. All of a sudden, we're four and three. This is real bad. We we've got to save this. We have three questions left. We cannot lose anymore. Oh my gosh! All right, next question. Which Denver Bronco won the Super Bowl MVP award in 1998? Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, it's got to be. Is either John Elway or Terrell Davis? 1998 was Terrell. It was the second one. That was the second of two. They beat the. Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 wait. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. But 
I think I think it was John Terrell Elway. Davis. I think it was Terrell Davis because the Terrell Davis won one of them. I know. So which this one's the win over the Falcons. Correct. Right. Well, I don't know because the Super Bowl is played like the Titans ninety nine season Super Bowl was played in two thousand. Yeah, it's tough. So I don't. So it's either Terrell Davis or John Elway. And I don't know what Super Bowl they're talking about because it's a, I don't know if it's talking about the 98 season well, they, or the doesn't or like matter. January uh, of 98. It said which Denver Bronco won the Super Bowl MVP award in 1998. That's a, that's a very hard thing to it's I think Terrell, Terrell Davis is getting the most guesses. I just don't know what they're asking. That's I don't know what which they're Super Bowl they're which asking. Which Denver Bronco won the Super Bowl MVP award in 1998? There's it's only good. one Super Bowl MVP award awarded in 1998. So that so that's the first Broncos Super Bowl win over the Packers. If I'm that's just, the case. I'm just repeating the question. I my I, I don't know what it is. Terrell Davis ran over Green Bay. Um let's go Terrell Davis. Final A to Z. The correct answer is John Elway. That seems I don't like that question because we don't we don't know we don't know which Super Bowl they're talking about. Which Denver Bronco won the Super Bowl MVP award in nineteen ninety eight? That doesn't tell us it's the ninety eight season, which people recognize that people don't t- say the Titans two thousand Super Bowl is so, the ninety nine Super look, Bowl. Look, here's the nuance of it. Let let's let's go. Super Bowl wins uh 1998 This was That's why they have to say the Super Bowl like actually like the number not the if it's 32 or 33 then we don't we don't know Yeah yeah I, I, so I'm I'm with you it, it because It's not this, fair that's unfair This is January 31st 1999 John Elway won the MVP Right in in January of '98, Terrell Davis won the MVP, which is '98, which is means I think we should get this correct because it was a vague question that had. I usually I usually side on the air of the question, but in this particular question, I think it is incorrect. I'm with so you. we win, right? We win. This I, I think you just have to throw this out. We have to go to another question. If you have the ability to do that. Yes, then, I do. Okay, I didn't know if you had enough questions. I, yeah, I've got like 15 tasks. That's, that's fine. Okay, um, right, so we're still four and three. Redo. In August 2014, NBA star Paul George changed his uniform number from 24 to what number? 13, right? He was still playing for the Pacers. I think 13. Bobby says 13. In August 2014, NBA star Paul George changed his uniform number from 24 to what? I I think it's 13. 13 uh, because he's PG-13, right, Dustin? I I think it's 13. You want to lock that in? Final A to Z, 13. Yeah. The correct answer is 13. All right. All right, so now we are five and three. We need these last two. Singer Michael Blue Blay. Say that again. Blue Blay, not Blue Blay. 
Blue is Line. known for his support for which hometown NHL team? Oh, God. This has got to be the Maple Leafs. That was my first guess. I don't know. I'm a big Buble guy. <laughs> Singer Michael Buble is known for his support for which hometown NHL team. My first gut was the Maple Leafs, but I don't know that. Is he Canadian? Yes. I'm almost positive he's Canadian. And Rob comes in. I, I, I think it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I follow Michael Buble. I know his backstory. I sometimes sing Boo Boy when I'm in the mood. Christmas music, great record. Um, he is Canadian. I think it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. It would not be Edmonton Oilers. <clears throat> that would it would not be them. I doubt it would be Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, he is Canadian, but we're now dumbing it down to. Uh, but yeah. I also I also don't think it's Montreal because he is. That's a French area, and Michael Bublé is not French or does not have a French Buble de Buble. But that, but I, I don't, I don't think he's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know French. I don't know, but you could twist that. Um, Rob says Zach is correct. We're all and, over the place. And then now <laughs> there's, yeah. And then John and Ben both say Vancouver. I think it's either Vancouver or it's Toronto. What are we going to go with? I kind of feel like Vancouver. Uh, Buble, a West Coast guy? No. Yeah, Vancouver. <laughs> uh, ben says he is from Vancouver, close to me, has to be Canucks fan. Final Vancouver Canucks, final A to Z. I just did it. If you, if, if I get two of these right, and you, I'm going to be Which pissed. two? Which two did you get right? Well, this would be and the Jared, second one. I already Jared got Jared Allen. Allen. Well, you agreed to go with Well, the, you uh, let me quick on the trigger. The correct answer, Michael Buble, is known for his support of the Vancouver Canucks. All right, good. Six and three. Jeez. <laughs> All right, last question. Then I gotta go. I gotta go downstairs and work. <laughs> All right, last question. What um, we got? We need. We need this one bad, bad. Which event in the 2011 FedEx Cup playoffs was shortened due to Hurricane Irene? FedEx Cup. That would be golf. Correct. Which event? in the 2011 FedEx Cup playoffs was shortened due to Hurricane Irene. I mean, I don't know. Some open. I mean, there's no way. Uh, it wasn't like a major. It, the FedEx Cup playoffs are after all the majors. Well, it would have to be Northeast. Was Shinnecock? Would it be the... Because they've changed the schedule, remember? They've changed... <laughs> <laughs> no, they have. They they've changed a the schedule where the U.S. Open is now in June when it used to be in July, late July after the they Open Championship that just finished. Irene hit in the Northeast. I I don't know if right? if anybody knows any Irene's or, or where what happened with Irene. Or no, I that was remember. Sandy. So I, I may remember, be mistaken. I do not remember Hurricane Irene. Uh, Dustin says this is the Barclays. I watched it, and it's fifty. It was fifty-four holes that year. 
I mean, I, no, I, no, that sounds, I, I like, I like that answer. Does it? And then Ben says, was it the Barclays? The Barclays makes sense because that's, that would be something later on in the year. That's not like a major because the FedEx, what was it? The FedEx uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think the Barclays is the right answer. Do we want to lock that Final in? Final A to Z Barclays. This messed up because uh. it says which event, and I'm reading this verbatim. The answer does not go with this. Which event in the 2011 FedEx Cup playoffs was shortened due to Hurricane Irene? It says the answer is Dustin Johnson, and that doesn't make any sense. And did Dustin Johnson win the Barclays in 2011? 2011 Barclays off results. Dustin Johnson won. Dustin Johnson. We get <laughs> yeah. that. Then we yeah. get that. Through three rounds. He was 19 under, beat uh, Matt Kutcher that, and VJ Singh. That's correct. We got that. All right. right. We got it. So we're good. That, Seven, with, three. I mean, because Dustin Johnson won the Barclays, we got that answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. even a redo. Usually I would redo it. But yeah. so that is a correct three. answer. Because the question is, which event we is the Barclays? Right. We got it right. We got so it So what, right. what do we end up at? Seven, Seven and three. And three. Scrapped Claude. I mean, we bad second half. Usually, we're a second half team. That was not the a good Jared second. Allen thing. Yeah, that was it. That was it, right? That, that was, was our eight and two because yeah. we had yeah. that. Yep. So I'm going to do quick math. Forty five divided by sixty is seventy five percent. So we are right at seventy five percent with our seven and three subpar. How many uh, questions? We have we have six we've done sixty. So we need four forty more. Four questions. more. We have four more weeks. All right, there we go. All right, time to head downstairs for SEC media days. Um, yep, yeah, let's see what happens with the Vols today. Josh Heupel will be on the stage in a little over an hour. So I'm going to head downstairs. Make sure you follow us all over social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Maybe I'll make a couple TikToks or not. I don't know what's going to happen with the TikTok game today, but uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks again to Nashville Sports Council and the Music City Grand Prix for sponsoring our SEC Media Day coverage. They need volunteers for the Music City Grand Prix coming up the first weekend of August. So check out NashvilleSports.com to volunteer for this event. It's a badass event. It would be awesome to be a part of it. Uh, So go to NashvilleSports.com to volunteer for the Music City Grand Prix. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Well, I'll talk to you guys later this afternoon. We've got A to Z Z Sports picks at 2 o'clock. Then I'll be back live this afternoon recapping the Vols day. And then tomorrow morning, I've got some podcasts I'm going to record, all thanks to Nashville Sports Council and Music City Grand Prix. We'll see you guys later on. Thanks. Adios.